Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 100 of Geek Town Radio. We have made it to 100 episodes, which is quite amazing. And to celebrate this, I have with me Andrew. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Geek Town 100th anniversary, as I keep calling it in my head, which is something slightly different. Yes. And yes, granted, people are living longer, but I can assure you <laughs> that Dave, Dave and I are not that old <laughs> no i don't think even combined with adults so you know <laughs> getting there though <laughs> <laughs> yeah getting it's, there <laughs> getting there by by episode 150 you never know <laughs> <laughs> but i tell you right okay starting from now with this this is the hundreds episode of geek town radio the challenge for the next hundred episodes is to see whether dave can get through a single episode without mentioning greg perlanti <laughs> Unlikely, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly not going to happen this week. So (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, yeah, I honestly didn't know when we started this, whether I would I would ever get to 100 episodes. And we might not have the same cast lineup that we did right at the beginning. But uh, that's that's like every TV show. You know, they change cast every year. So, you know, that's right. It's, it's exactly like TV. I mean, they start introducing people's nephews and, uh, and grandmothers <laughs> and brothers and people that are long lost that you never heard of before. So there you go. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not like you weren't invited right at the start. You were one of the original cast picks. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you're, you're very right. You're very right. But um, when, episode, when, when season 10 is this good, who remembers season one? <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of, of of season season one or, or episode one should say congratulations to chris because he's just got a new job so <laughs> well done well done so uh yes all doing particularly well uh you know he was still out there still going strong i mean technically i've actually done more than 100 episodes of this because there was a bunch of interview episodes that went out before we started the actual show that yeah. we, is the format that we do now so it's 100 episodes of this format plus there's about 20 or 30 interviews that went out before then <laughs> it's like any, any famous band that has x number of albums when they become really really famous people start finding out the early mixtapes that they did and <laughs> They cost a fortune, so... You yes, know. yeah, that's yeah. it. Ours don't cost anything. You can go and find them on the website at geektown.co.uk. So, anyway, let's get into it. Yeah. What have you been doing this week? I've been watching probably the the greatest drama on television and the internet that has ever been written. <laughs> um, America in Meltdown, politically. Yes. 
is both scary and fascinating viewing and reading. Um, <laughs> basically, you have America's legal profession, its TV and film industry, its tech industry, and its largest state, California, and just over half its population versus a man in a wig. <laughs> well, um, it, it may not be a wig. It may be his own hair. It just looks like a wig. <laughs> it, it, it might be. It might be. And if we could see William Shatner and Donald Trump in the same room, we might, <laughs> might be able to tell which one is the wig <laughs> yes possibly oh, um, but, but apart from that as people on twitter might know i've been watching sneaky pete yes which is brilliant it is it is a lot better than i thought from amazon's rather clunky muted description of it didn't sound like something i'd want to watch but it turns out it is really good and as i mentioned just today on on, on twitter it takes the kind of con stuff from the likes of hustle and leverage but it has in, instead of being muted like both of those it takes the uh, characterization and the writing quality from the likes of breaking bad yeah and brings together the best of both worlds. And much as I'm not a huge fan of the cutting up of subscriptions and, and having to decide whether you want TiVo or Netflix or Amazon or whatever, there's no denying that the money goes to some extent into the writing and it is it is very, very good. Yeah, I watched another episode last night, so I'm only three episodes into it at the moment. Right, a bit ahead of you. I'm on six, but it, it's compulsive viewing. It is. It takes those first few episodes to, uh, I think, really pull you in but it starts yep. to get darker and more complicated as you go into it and yeah I mean I think the difference is like you say with something like Hustle or Leverage they're doing the kind of network format with those yes. you know it's yep. like there were American network shows whereas this feels a lot more uh, like wait, a hold HBO on, hold on Hustle Hustle's British yeah, yeah, so, yeah <laughs> yes it is you're right Hustle is British but it was far more in that American network format feel it was kind of big and glossy and yeah, yeah you know you know what i mean yeah, yes definitely definitely i mean it's it, yeah absolutely whereas these are far more in the vein of something like a hbo show or an amc show where you know it like you say breaking bad or or that sort of thing it's yeah. it's far more in that kind of vein so yeah i'm thoroughly enjoying it it's just finding the time at the moment because there's so many other things on that i need to watch so it's fine it's been finding the time to fit it in but yeah i'm three episodes in and i really really like that show yeah I think it's it's brilliantly cast. It's a really interesting idea. The con stuff is really nicely worked out. So yeah, definitely it's, worth watching. It's also nice that there's something that, that that draws you in that's very compulsive. That you have to care about different characters. The key to a successful show, I think, is where you actually bother to care about at least two of the characters. And in this case none of them have superpowers no it's very much kind of small town rural america mixed in with some city stuff as well and i really enjoy it i i think it's uh well worth watching and one of the shows that's definitely worth the amazon subscription so so there you, there you have it geek town 100 and february's watch of the month is sneaky pete on amazon prime yes definitely any anything else you've been watching this week well that's mostly it for this week but since we last spoke i finished watching both seasons of the man in the high castle also on amazon and disclaimer i'm, I'm definitely not a shareholder it just so happens that i started an amazon prime free month right specifically to watch the grand tour but yes. i discovered I discovered other other things in there, and um, the man in the high castle is very slow. 
but good. Yes. Grand Tour, I finished obviously watching now, and before it runs out, I'm trying to watch all the episodes of Sneaky Pete. Yes, well, uh, yeah, Grand Tour came to the end this week. What did you think of the series overall? It's uh, good, but not great. Yeah, I, I think that... Um, it is those three people, but as you'll probably point out later, there's a new trailer of Top Gear just landed, and the new dynamic there has the potential to be that kind of great. Yeah. If it's used properly, and obviously we'll speak about Top Gear later in the episode but Grand Tour it's probably worth the Prime subscription bearing in mind the other quality stuff that you can pick up Yeah, but it's not a hundred times better than Top Gear I don't think I'm sort of with you on that I mean it, it's fun to watch them do all their messing around and yeah. you know they're, they're very watchable people oh yeah but it's kind of it is Top Gear with a bigger budget basically and, and, and also and also not the watershed rules that the BBC had which means of course that watching with children is an issue yes because there is it, it is difficult because there is language in there and yep. I, I think I mentioned and before on an episode there was a I, you know we discovered that my nephews have been watching who are 8 and 10 or 8 and yeah. 11 at the moment but uh, yeah so it's not and it's not really appropriate in no. places for them to be watching no and you can't tell unless you watch it obviously beforehand no so it's sort of I mean it's it's difficult because there are bits of, of bad language in there we only discovered that if you actually put the age limit suppressor on the Xbox because they were watching yeah. it through the uh, through the Amazon apps on, on the Xbox if you put the age limit suppressor on it then it blocks those shows from coming up so right okay the other thing is of course that there are plenty of episodes of Top Gear that I've been inclined to watch again on your channel Dave yeah um, <laughs> Tally over but, me. But I don't think I would necessarily want to watch the Grand Tour again. I'm happy watching it once, but it doesn't have that repeat compulsivity, if that's a word. No, I know, I know what you mean. Some of the stuff that they got them to do, I don't think was quite as compelling as some of the specials that they did. Yeah. You know, even, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even the two-part stuff, I don't think it felt a bit too staged for my liking in places yeah exactly that staged is staged whether it's big budget or small budget yeah and i think it becomes more obvious how staged it is on that show yes well i I think to be honest at the beginning the the um celebrity brain crash thing was quite funny yeah but for the next series or season depending on who's providing the most amount of money that probably needs to go well it, it wouldn't make any sense for it to come back considering they've done a series and proved that it doesn't work yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so it, they would have to come up with something else whether they ditch the whole thing about pretending to try and get guests on entirely and do something else or I mean I, it would make more sense to if you're going to be able to get names to come and do things maybe you can do short films with them or something you know yeah from what I understand they can't have a segment where they have a named person coming on and driving a car yeah because of legacy issues so perhaps for the next season the solution is just relying on the celebrity of Clarks and May and Hammond yeah and maybe ha- and not having famous names in it because they don't really need it no not at all and I'd be inclined to get rid of the American because that's annoying <laughs> yeah I mean I, I understand the need for having somebody to do lap times because yeah 
have a yeah. driver, have a really good driver, but don't make them top. I mean, but I, I guess the problem is that they need to have a driver, but it can't be probably somebody that doesn't talk because then you're infringing on the stick. It has to be somebody that talks. But I mean, the obvious thing to do would be uh, to rope in somebody like Ben Collins, who was the original stick, yes. as Ben yeah. Collins. But have him, have him be Ben Collins or, or who was the other guy? Perry Mason? It was Perry something. Not, not, not Perry Perry. Mason. He's an American no. <laughs> TV detective. <laughs> Perry something anyway yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. I mean again I don't know whether that's issues with Top Gear but you know yeah well, there we go. so I mean there were things that didn't quite sit right with me but it was enjoyable I think yeah you know yeah. and I watched every episode so so yes there's that anything else this week well the DC shows which you'll you'll come to I mean I think probably you're you're right Legends is the best did you did you see Legends this week Legends at all no I know no. for the same reasons as above previous seasons I've enjoyed it better than the other three but for reasons of trying to watch as much of my Amazon subscription before it right. drops before it runs out I haven't uh I haven't seen it yet, but it is the best of the three. Well, I mean, I I still probably I think I probably prefer Flash more. However, I right. loved I loved the Legends episode this week because it it's so ridiculously silly. This was the f- return of Rip Hunter, or uh, rather rather not not the return exactly because Rip has basically lost his memory. Wait, you, spoilers! Spoilers. So, uh, this is sort of set up fairly early, so you're okay. Rip has lost his memory, has ended up in 1970s film school in America, and the person that he's working with is George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. I, this plot synopsis has already been out there, so I'm not spoiling yes, anything. Yes, yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's a lot of uh, interplay about spoilers and American speed of, of uh, episodes and reading yeah. stuff on the internet and things. I, I did read about the George Lucas thing, and it, it does sound <laughs> quite amusing yeah Uh, they they handled that brilliantly it's very silly as an episode but they pull it off so well it's entertaining it's fun it's funny it's nice who's and who's the showrunner for that 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 would be well actually the showrunner (laughs) isn't greg Vellante, but the show the the showrunner the 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 person that is behind all those shows is of course greg Vellante. he will come up later again in this episode as well um (laughs) speaking of greg Vellante, the uh, second episode of riverdale which is also his show came out this week i am really enjoying that show again it does still feel like there is there should be something supernatural kind of going on in that show but it's a good, really, really good kind of teen drama, yeah. that series. The only slight niggle I had with it is that there is a voiceover done by Jughead, who's one of the characters, and he does a kind of narration over it as the introduction. And the problem is, if you go to watching that straight after watching a series of unfortunate events, uh, there's that voiceover in a series of unfortunate events done by uh, the lemony snicket character and then you go to watch riverdale and and it's doing the same sort of thing but doing yep. it kind of seriously so so that kind of jars a little bit and it's not a fault of the show it's just because they both happen to be on netflix over here and you end up watching them back to back that's yeah. just a little bit odd but yeah i I, am, I know you had a a lengthy discussion with was a bex last was, week about uh riverdale yes and a lot of the, the themes are perhaps both the problem and the greatness of it you mm. know either like it or you or you won't i mean i i first came across the archie comics when i was living 
living with my uncle in Canada because it's not it's in the UK the Archie comics are not a big thing I don't no, think no not at all so when this first came on the radar and I and to be honest I haven't seen it yet Riverdale and I mentioned it to him and he said is that the thing with the elves and I said <laughs> <laughs> no that's Riven, Rivendell uh, in the uh, Lord of the Rings yes. um, which is which is different no but so, although actually I'd love to see that as a TV show that would be brilliant <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely but there you go yeah. I mean but yes in summary of all of this as a result of my Amazon Prime membership I, I, I'm behind on Homeland for the first time ever I'm behind oh, no. on I'm behind on Supernatural I'm, I'm behind on Timeless which I'm enjoying a lot I'm behind on Legends of Tomorrow and I'm also behind on something that probably isn't everybody's cup of tea out of those of the, those of you who are listening which is further back in time for dinner yes yes I know you uh, like that show <laughs> yeah but, but I love cooking and I have loads of friends in hospitality and as much as I hate Giles Corrin and his <laughs> and his view that good food only exists within the M25, yes, I enjoy this kind of thing, and the BBC does it so well. Yeah, yeah. Although to be honest, it would be better presented by Ainsley Harriet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I have that on my TV box, ready to watch. And as I understand it, the first series they they went from the. Um, I think the 60s up to the present day. Yeah. This one, they've gone further behind back to the 1900s and they've got a young professional chef as their domestic servant okay. to, show, to show how things worked in the 1900s. Which, of course, given that this is the 100th anniversary of the 1900s, that, of course, was when Dave and I were born. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um Moving on, a couple of other things that I've got this week. The Santa Clarita diet, yep. which we, we talked about because last week we had Todd McMullen on the show, who's the cinematographer on the series. Mm -hmm. So that was quite interesting because it's a half hour comedy. It basically stars Drew Barrymore as a zombie in the style of iZombie, although they're not really using the word zombie. They're trying to avoid that. Basically, somehow, and it's not ex explained in the first episode, she appears to have died, but he's still alive. So she is undead. But yeah. in do it in this happening, because zombies are controlled by their id, she's found this new lease for lease of life. And rather than being the sort of suburban housewife that she was before, she's now kind of gone a bit crazy and off the rails. So that's the kind of basic premise set up for it. And obviously she is eating raw meat and <laughs> that sort of thing as well. It's actually really fun. There's a guest appearance by Nathan Fillion in the first episode episode as well which is always a plus I, oh, I always say brilliant brilliant yeah so uh timothy oliphant plays her husband who's kind of slightly beside himself over these changes that his wife is going through it's just a really nice little setup and it's only half an hour long so it's this little half hour comedy i really it's, enjoy it i've only seen the first episode so far so I, I will go back and watch a bit more and i will report back i haven't seen any of it yet but having learned of course from sneaky pete the description of things often makes it sound really dull i don't know yeah. who writes i don't know who writes these things 
But sometimes if you can get over that and watch the first couple of episodes, you actually really enjoy it. And the synopsis that's presented in a few sentences at the beginning is forgettable. Yeah, I have to say, it's the same thing with going back to something like Sons of Anarchy, which, you know, why why would I want to watch a show about a California biker gang? But it's that Netflix thing of it nagging you about sort of, this show's really good, you'll like this, you'll like this. And it's quite scary how accurate Netflix, you know, how well netflix knows you because because yes. you kind of go fine i'll watch it and you watch it and think this is brilliant how did i not come to this show earlier but yeah, yeah. I, and it was the same with sense of anarchy yes. I, and it's true it is very true yeah so yeah that that's worth looking up on netflix film was the other thing i went to see this week i got went to go and see hacksaw ridge which if you remember we went and spoke to uh, barry robison the um, production designer of that a couple of episodes ago and it's absolutely superb. Hacksaw Ridge is a movie starring Andrew Garfield plays a character called Desmond Doss. He was a conscientious objector in the Second World War and he was a medic but medics were supposed to be armed and he flatly refused to carry a gun. Oh wow. He was sort of court-martialed and they tried to throw him out of the unit. He eventually managed to stay there but he was sort of ostracised by the rest of his squad and it wasn't until the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge which was it's incredible kind of scene where the ridge is literally a sort of hundred foot drop, which they had to climb up and onto the battlefield. This is all based on a true story. He single-handedly saved the lives of 75 men on that battlefield by literally this little skinny guy who is, I mean, if you've seen Andrew Garfield, you know, he's not exactly big and buff a guy who is, who is, but he he does, he does have webs and things. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, no webs in this either. Um, Damn it. So yeah, guy of Andrew literally. I mean, if you, they show photos of of Desmond Doss at the end of it, and you know he was a guy of Andrew Garfield's stature, and he personally dragged and saved seventy five men off that battlefield, and was not only treating the American soldiers but also treated some of the uh, Japanese as well. So Spider Man meets Schindler's List. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Just an incredible feat of bravery. It's now got six Oscar nominations, including uh, one for Andrew Garfield and uh, one for Mel Gibson, who, who was the director of it. It's Mel Gibson's first movie in 10 years. Okay. As well, a director, yeah. It, wow. Is it? I mean, he, he directed Apocalypse, didn't he? It, it, yeah, that, that, was, really... that was his last film 10 years ago. <laughs> God, that's that was just on I think film four or one of these things. probably yeah that's probably recently one. I cannot believe that's 10 years ago that's yeah. unbelievable to everybody who's listening that that's what happens when you get older the pace of life, <laughs> <laughs> the pace of decades just disappear yeah yeah but wow. I, I cannot recommend that movie highly highly enough it just absolutely superb well worth going to see it's brilliantly brilliantly shot Andrew Garfield's amazing in it it really should pick up some Oscars I hope because it, it's okay. completely deserved and and a fascinating story as well so some of the battle sequences are quite harrowing but just brilliantly done so uh and majority of it unlike a lot of modern movies was not done with special effects it was all done with in-camera effects so but yeah if you want to know more about hacksaw ridge go back a couple of episodes and listen to the interview we did with barry robison but uh, yeah they're absolutely brilliant so if we've got nothing else this week let's move on to some film and tv news So film and TV news this week. First story, 
starts with this guy called Greg Berlanti. <laughs> yeah. So Greg Berlanti was pitching a new superhero show called Black Lightning, which is, is based on a DC comic book, but it wasn't being pitched to the CW, it was being pitched to Fox. Fox took a look at the scripts for it and decided it wasn't really for them, bearing in mind they've got a lot of kind of standalone DC shows on there and Marvel shows as well because I mean they've got various Marvel things coming up they've got Legion on there they've also got Lucifer is on Fox in America which is a DC comic book so they tend to be very standalone things whereas Black Lightning is one of those characters that I think would fit better into a group so they they passed on it they then started pitching it around to other people and ended up at the CW. So talk about a circle. Yeah. So I mean, it's the obvious place for it to go. Really, it's um, tells the story of a guy called Jefferson Pierce. He's a superhero who's hung up his cape and giving up the whole heroing business. He's got a daughter who's hell bent on justice, and a star student who's been recruited by a local gang. So he ends up pulling it back into the fight, and he becomes the vigilante that he once was, which was the DC legend Black Lightning. He's an Olympic level athlete and skilled martial artist who can also happens to be able to generate and manipulate electricity, hence lightning. He was developed in 1977. He was one of the first major African American superheroes as well for DC. It's an interesting addition. I think, to, to that lineup. At the moment, CW have only asked for a pilot, but given that it's Belanti, I think that's a, a fairly strong indicator that we might be getting a fifth comic book series coming to the CW. Yep, definitely. I mean, it's Berlanti, it's got the Dave Elliott pool, um, you know, <laughs> all we go, definitely. <laughs> I think it will sit well with Arrow, Flash and Supergirl and Legends. It means that they can run superhero shows five nights a week. It would be interesting to see whether they do actually run it along with the others or maybe they run it kind of slightly offset i don't know but we'll we'll see i know they need to get a pickup first before we can tell well, well yeah yeah it needs, it needs to be picked up so we'll we'll see of this, course you'll read it here first yes this isn't the first time this has happened as well because riverdale went through the same thing riverdale was originally pitched to fox and ended up at cw but Belanti's got some pull at CW. They obviously don't want to upset him. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next story, but sticking with comic book superheroes, Marvel's Runaways, which is a show coming to Hulu. I believe, technically, I think he's still in pilot, but seems fairly likely this is going to go. It's developed by the creators of Gossip Girl, Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. Uh, they also did the OC together, and uh, Josh Schwartz also did Chuck as well. Not the... Um... CV that you would expect from superheroes. No, no, although Chuck was kind of superhero-y, so, you know, but it, it's mm -hmm. not... It's not exactly the CV you would expect. Yeah. But the, the background of the story, it's in Marvel comic book. Runaways are a group of teens who don't particularly like each other, but end up banding together to face a common enemy, which is their parents, who they discover a part of a supervillain group called the Pride. Upon learning their true heritage, they discover they have abilities, or some of them do, and they set out with their newfound powers, along with some magical items that they've nicked from their parents to defeat them. So, those of you listening with young children might sympathise in, in a degree with that. <laughs> yeah. It is hard sometimes, especially when they develop superhero powers. Yes, yeah. Difficult, difficult, I know. <laughs> Stop your child from flying round the room. Uh, so, uh, yeah. um, 
What they have announced this week, though, is the casting, which is is kind of interesting because I think they've done a really nice job with it. We've actually got a post up on the website which shows the photos of the people and the, the comic book characters they're supposed to be playing. There's a guy called uh, Renzi Falez who was in the TV show Casual, which is not a show I know. He plays Alex Wilder, and Alex <laughs> Wilder is a loud and proud nerd, admittedly a bit of a loner. Alex spends much of his free time playing video games, but deep down what he wants most is to reunite his group of childhood friends that's that character you've got Lyceria Okano who plays Nico Maru she's tough intelligent independent and embodies teenage angst she's a budding Wiccan Nico carefully crafted goth appearance isolates her from her peers and family but maybe all she wants is somebody to talk to Aww. so uh, she's apparently been in the affair it if sounds you know where you've seen her from incredibly complicated <laughs> so well you've you've got kind of the geek the wiccan virginia gardner who's been in the goldbergs and glee she plays carolina dean carolina dean is a model perfect exterior with a lot going on behind a professional white and smile she's burdened by the lofty expectations and responsibilities put on her by a parent underneath a veneer of privilege and perfection carolina is experiencing a newfound eagerness to explore her identity and pursue her own desires so yes that that's, that's your kind of preppy pretty girl. You've got Ariella Barra, who has been in New Girl and Wonder at a Time, played Gert Yorks. Gert Yorks is a purple-haired, respectable, contemporary riot girl, never passing up a moment to stand on a soapbox. Gert sometimes wields her persona as, as a brass social justice warrior to mask her true feelings. There's Greg Sulkin, who's been in Faking It and Pretty Little Liars and Wizards of Waverly Place. He's English. Plays Chase Stein. Chase Stein is a lacrosse-playing <laughs> high school heartthrob. While many write him off as a dumb jock, Chase exhibits flashes of untapped brilliance in engineering, not unlike his wildly successful father. And then Allegra Acosta, who was in 100 Things to Do Before High School, plays Molly Hernandez. Molly Hernandez, I think, was Molly Haynes in the comics. So they've changed the name, I, I guess, due to Allegra's ethnicity, I would imagine. Uh, is the youngest and most innocent member of her friend group who is known for her peppy positivity and deep yearning to belong. So, I mean, the group is kind of fairly standard sort of setup because you've got kind of a nerd you've got a wiccan you've got a stuck-up model a social warrior you've got the jock and then you've got the kind of young girl member of the group well it's it's standard in television land in in, in real life mm. the backgrounds are wildly yes yeah no it's, it's a fairly, it's a fairly standard kind of comic booky you know tv yeah kind of background yeah. but you know interesting bunch of people it but, might work sounds i mean television wise it sounds quite interesting actually i think it's an interesting setup that's an interesting mix of people you've got uh, runaways comic co-creator brian k vaughan commented saying <laughs> so excited for fans of the comic to watch this perfect cast of amazing actors all of whom embodied the spirit of their characters more than i could yeah. have ever imagined so he seems quite happy with it so that's a good sign i would have said uh, um, preempting the inevitable Geek Town website question when is this coming on UK TV <laughs> we don't know yet we don't know yet it's still just a pilot right now so it might not go to series although I think potentially it will I would have said if it when it does arrive that screams either E4 or one of the either Watch or Dave I would have thought yep. might head down that road because I think it's unlikely you're going to get it on Sky although Fox Fox picked up one of the other Hulu shows so I don't know 
maybe you'd end up on Fox. But I think I think the key there is that in terms of UK television, it sounds like the sort of thing that will come here probably. Yeah, I mean Netflix is the other place as well. Although I'm not sure yeah. Hulu would want to sell to Netflix, who are pretty much a major competitor. So certainly in the US, anyway. Yeah. The last story we've got this week: Hawaii Five O oh. and MacGyver are uh. getting a crossover episode, which, which sort oh. of makes sense. Sky One have picked up MacGyver now, so it sort of makes sense that Sky One picked up MacGyver, uh, given that it's going to be crossing over. This actually places it within the NCIS verse because uh, Hawaii Five-0 in NCIS LA had a crossover a few years ago. I think Scorpio also appears in the same universe. Jag, the old TV series, used to appear in the same universe. So they have got this kind of crossover thing. The idea is that you're going to get uh, Daniel Day Kim, Grace Park and Taylor Wiley. That's uh, Ching Ho, Kelly, uh, Kono and uh, Kamakona they're all going to pop up in an episode of MacGyver. The episode's entitled Flashlight. Mac and the team travel to the big island of Hawaii to aid earthquake relief efforts, apparently. I, I suspect this won't have a direct crossover with Hawaii Five-0. I suspect this will just be a bunch of the Hawaii Five-0 characters popping up in MacGyver. Um, the, the, yeah, I think so I, I don't think it will need to sync up in any way. I don't think it's going to be that sort of crossover. Uh, Lenkov, who is the um, guy behind the show, said uh, the crossover has almost seemed inevitable since the day MacGyver premiered. We've always envisaged that the Hawaii Five-0 were Hana and the Phoenix team live in the same universe. So it's about time that Mac and Jack had a case in Hawaii. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, mm. they, they love doing this sort of stuff with, with those shows. Hawaii Five-0, I have to say, has really started to jump the shark the last few episodes. We're going to come to the phrase jumping the shark later in the show. <laughs> right. Um, and <laughs> giving away a bit there. But to be honest, firstly, having Grace Park in as many shows as possible is obviously a good thing. <laughs> but I'm not convinced. I was worried enough about the remake issues damaging my memory of the original, which was really good in those days. Yeah. But crossovers seem incredibly forced, so contrived. I'm not sure I like this. I, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I don't know. They don't bother me. It depends how much they do it. Uh, sometimes they are very contrived. I mean, the, the Bones Sleepy Hollow one was, was particularly odd. But yes, uh, yes. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I mean, uh, to be honest, when Hawaii Five-0 started again, it was one of the better remakes. It was actually really, really good. And I recently have probably stopped watching it completely because it's it, it's largely episodic, yes. which means which means that you can miss bits and it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I did enjoy it enough initially to watch all of the episodes, but I got to the point where I found out that the thing that I enjoyed the most was the music. <laughs> it has got the best theme tune probably of any TV show. Yeah. I mean, again, we'll come to this with the, with the core of this episode, but the thing about remakes is using the legacy of the original to the best possible marketing aspect and in this case it was the theme tune yeah i don't know we'll see but i've i've kind of i mean i am still watching it i find hawaii 50 fun but as you say it is mainly episodic and most recently there's been some of the episodes have been so ludicrous that yeah, uh, yeah it's it's starting it is jumping the shark a little bit and we shall get onto that phrase next by the sounds of it <laughs> 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Usually around this time, we have an interview. But what we decided to do, because it's our 100th episode, was we wanted to do something a little bit different. So we, we were kicking around ideas and we thought, well, a, a, a top list would be quite good, but but a, a top 100 would take forever. So we needed it to be a top 10. And I <clears throat> we kind of talked about a top 10 TV shows with the each picking our own list. And then you suggested, rather than just doing top 10 TV shows, we thought top 10 best things on TV yep. was a more interesting <laughs> suggestion. So rather than just picking the whole TV show, it could be a whole TV show, it could be a specific thing in a TV show. It could be a scene. Yeah. It could be a character. Yeah. It could be an object. So yeah. um, the, re- the reason for that is everybody's done a top 10 best TV shows ever. And at Geek Town here, we are head of the curve. <laughs> so this is our top 10 best things on TV. I've created a list of 10 things. Andrew yep. has created a list of 10 things. We've not seen each other's lists, so we have no idea what's coming up. As well as the top 10 we've each included a couple of worst things in television history just for (laughs) amusing purposes and i suggest perhaps we start with the worst okay well you do your worst thing first you do your worst (laughs) do your worst worst. (laughs) okay well i only have a couple but having only recently set up a twitter i suspect that given what i'm about to say i I'm expecting a number of unfollows. That's what happens. <laughs> My worst things in history ever. And the, the first one, and, and, and these are in no specific order. You have to be of a certain age to understand what I'm talking about. But the first one is married with children. Right. Yes. Okay. At the time, hugely popular, in fact, and it did really, really well in America. But it was so contrived and contained the most ridiculous appalling canned laughter in TV history I think but that said the lady whose name I forget who was the wife she ended up being the mother in Sons of Anarchy yes yeah yeah Um, uh, uh, I I can't think of her name so the problem clearly is not with the actors the problem is with the writing and at the time in the 90s I suppose Married with Children was written for what was wanted by the audience at the time and that's why it was very successful. Katie Sagel. That that know. benefits of having Google whilst, yeah. <laughs> whilst somebody else is talking. Yes. So yes, any, any of your other worst things are with Oceani. The next one is Lost. <laughs> okay. All of it. The whole thing. That, <laughs> Controversial. Um, yeah. I know it's deliberately confusing. It's unsatisfying nonsense. <laughs> you see, I, I, I think, yeah, okay. I mean, I, <laughs> I would argue the way it ends, that is fair enough, because the ending of that show is tantamount to doing And It Was All a Dream. But, um, yeah, but, but you can do that with Bobby in the shower. 
Yeah, well, yes, exactly, which was also awful. But, <laughs> but, 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 you know, I, that's the issue I would have with it. I think it had its moments. There were yeah. there were some good bits in there. I don't think it's fair to, to label it all bad. But yes, I would agree that the ending was particularly unsatisfying of that show. It's subjective, isn't it? I yeah. mean, I didn't enjoy it. I like investing in the characters, and I don't like when they just suddenly disappear. Don't yeah. like it. No, fair um, what else? The last thing is television shows especially american ones being cancelled before they can have a proper ending yes yeah that, there's, there's, that's there's incredibly infuriating countless examples yes yeah and we, we could probably talk half an hour on the examples that is definitely an issue well, i would well, agree with you on that quite, yeah. not quite fitting into the idea of of no ending as such the issue of something not continuing after one season is Firefly. Mm-hmm. Shows getting cancelled clearly before they finish their story, I think yeah. is, would all be one issue. And yeah. there, there are numerous examples of that. I, I think certain shows have got better at trying to make sure that the 13th episode of the first season comes to some sort of rounding off point, yeah. but it's infuriating. Like, Frequency sort of managed it. Albeit that had already reached a conclusion in the film. Yes, exactly. So, but obviously they were hoping to go on for more episodes. So it it wasn't entirely satisfying because they needed to set a few things up in case they got picked up again. But clearly Frequency rounded off some storylines at that point. So, you know, um, but yes, it's it's, it's it's frustrating, frustrating that. Swings and roundabouts. For mine, I would yeah. I would say I don't really have many kind of worse things. The one thing that does annoy me is bad spin-offs. <laughs> um, yeah. Bad yeah. bad spin-offs to good shows. Yeah. For example, I mean the obvious re- example in in sort of slightly more recent years is Joey, the yeah. Friends spin-off, which was terrible, <laughs> absolutely yes. terrible. Yes. And, yes, and through no fault of Matt LeBlanc's, it just no. it didn't have no. it didn't have that camaraderie of the same people. It no. was I would say continuing Friends a decade later would be a lot better than having Joey at all. Yeah, so there are things like that, but they they've been doing this for years. I mean, they, they did a show called After Mash which was you know classic TV show Mash yeah. and they did a show after the Korean War had ended following some of the characters and like but nobody wants to see that yeah no <laughs> I know but a lot of people who are listening who are over 12 years old will remember that after Firefly ended and we were all devastated yeah there was Serenity well yes but that I mean that I, there are some good spin-offs I mean look at Better Call Saul compared to to, to Breaking Bad, you know, yes. Better Call Saul is a good spin-off of yes. of a a TV show. But, but, you have the but, upcoming, you, yeah, you have because the up- it, because it stands on its own. It, it well, is yeah. a very yeah yeah, and you have you have an upcoming spin-off from Sons of Anarchy, yeah, following no. you know different gang. Which I think, I mean, I don't know yet, but I, I have I think that has a potential to be quite good. But, but, but there, there are some spin-offs which were blatantly done as cash cows. And, yes, you know, yes. I mean, if you bear in mind, there are brilliant ones like Fraser. Fraser was a spin-off from Cheers. Yeah. And people forget that because it was such a huge show in its own right. There are some good spin-offs, but there are some some ones which just are absolutely terrible. I just wish they'd they'd be a bit more careful about what they uh, what they pick. 
for, for spin-off shows. That's the negatives. Shall we run yes. through our top 10 things in TV ever? Yes, our top 10 things of TV ever. So we'll start with number 10. You can go first. What's number 10 for you? Well, I have to say, when I wrote my notes, they weren't in any hierarchical order. They, they were 10 things. And Okay, well, pick the first one you want to do. 10. John Simpson. Okay, interesting. Go on. Throughout history, including all the people that have lived, we've always had war correspondence. But the Iraq war, the first time round anyway, was the first time we essentially had televised yeah. graphics of war. And we, we saw things happening as they were happening. And in this country anyway, John Simpson was the voice and the face and the background of everything that was going on. That's an interesting pick. I, I like that. John Simpson, for those that don't, don't realise, he was the foreign correspondent for yeah. BBC News. He was very well known, very particularly active in, in the Gulf War. I believe one of the ways they got him in was him, him dressing up in the... Uh, I'm not sure which one it is. The the full kind of burqa thing that, that yeah. is is the the full. They covered him as a very large woman, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to sneak yeah. him into the country. But yeah, he's been all over the place from Afghanistan, Zimbabwe, sort of hunted by Robert Mugabe's forces in Zimbabwe. Yeah. An incredible, incredible guy, uh, an, an amazing foreign correspondent. Yeah, I, I think that's quite a good pick. Bringing it more to drama. Nine. We talk about shows jumping the shark. And yes. Probably a lot of people don't know what that means. It's basically the point at which writers run out of good ideas. Yes. And I start using and start using bad ones when the show is past its peak. So for example, it's Rachel hooking up with Joey when yes. she's supposed when she's supposed to be with Ross. Yes. It's Roseanne's lottery win. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 the helicopter thing on ER. It's Bobby in the shower. On yeah. Dallas. And, and of course, it's, yeah. the phrase literally comes from an episode of Happy Days. Exactly. It's Fonzie actually jumping Fingers. over a shark yeah. whilst water skiing. Yes, this is a scene from a very late episode of Happy Days. Yes. Yeah. Fonzie jumping over a shark in an episode of Happy Days on water skis. Yes. It is Happy Days reaching the end of its appeal. Yes. Um, but as a result, it, it, it brings the phrase jumping the shark into our vernacular on TV considerations. Jumping the shark being the point at which a TV programme stops being great and starts clutching at straws. Yes. Eight. Television interviews. Okay, right? yes. Some of them are memorable. Any particular one that we're, we're going with here? There is one. And, and I'm going to test you on that in a minute. Some of the most memorable ones are Clive Anderson's Bee Gees interview, where <laughs> yes. they walked off. Because yes, they, they didn't, yes, I they remember didn't, that one. They didn't like what he was saying. Yes. Basically, any interview ever with Oliver Reed. Yes, yes, very but, true. But, but specifically, Des O'Connor and Parkinson. Yes. George Best on Wogan for pretty much the same reason, which yes. is being pissed, basically. Yeah. Tom Cruise on Oprah. 
where he started dancing around the sofas. Yes. The Sex Pistols on Bill Grundy. Oh, yes, yes. That's a good Which one. Which is going back a bit. David Blaine. <laughs> yes, uh, on, uh, on Eamon Holmes on the sofa, yes, wasn't it? Yeah. And Eamon Holmes, where he gave monosyllabic uh, answers. But can Dave, in terms of the best television interview, in terms of the most cringeworthy, <laughs> cringeworthy, that sticks out of people's minds, can Dave guess what is at the top of that list? Well, there are two. Stop! Hammer time. <laughs> Who remembers Mark Lamar's interview with MC Hammer? Oh, yes. Yes, you the, are correct. On the word. <laughs> yeah, Mark Lamar's interview. See, there were two others which which I th- which you missed off, off that list that I would go through. Mark Lamar's interview with MC Stop. Hammer on the word. Hammer time. <laughs> which, which, where, where he did that to MC Hammer throughout yeah. the entire interview and played the yeah. music and he was wearing the big parachute pants. Oh, that was just painful to watch. Because um, usually the interesting thing about that particular interview as well was the fact that it was it was bad because of the interviewer and not because of yeah. the interviewee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, but it was of its hilarious. Time. Yes, it was hilarious and it was of, of its time. The other two yeah. that come to mind in recent memory was Meg Ryan on Parkinson. Yeah. And anytime Emu has been on <laughs> and Rod Hall around something, yeah. Yeah, which really definitely. are showing our age with this bit. Yeah. 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 Seven. The next one is the American TV show 24. Yes, good And call. the reason I include that is because it arguably kick-started a huge improvement in quality of US TV, which has been, to a point, mirrored here. Yeah. And it's hard to say, but if not for 24, which is 15 years ago, believe it or not. <laughs> it's crazy. We would not be watching incredibly brilliant television here like Line of Duty. I, I think that's very true. It might... Marked a dramatic improvement in American network television. That show, I think that's fair. So, yes, good call, definitely. Six. So the next one is being glued live to world events unfolding in front of your eyes, which started probably with the O.J. Simpson car chase. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Continued with the um, 2001 attacks as the Americans just continued to call the 9th of November because of their stupid date system. Yeah. But for me, in terms of watching things live, it was the Chilean miners. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was glued to this as event and, and it was a huge success story everybody lived everybody survived it was brilliant every single miner that was stuck in this horrendous collapse of infrastructure was rescued and all I could think of was Sesame Street. <laughs> Why? One Chilean miner, two Chilean miners, three <laughs> Chilean miners. Ah, ha, 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 ha. It was the count from Sesame Street and he was counting out the Chilean miners. <laughs> and in terms of live television, it was compulsive. It was it was incredibly addictive. Yeah, that was an amazing, amazing event. 33 miners uh, trapped and, and all rescued. So it yeah. was quite, quite phenomenal. So uh, number five, we're on now. Five. Officer Crabtree in Aloha Law. <laughs> oh, what a great pick. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the show itself is worthy of being included in anything. But him, himself, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, it, it, it cracks even now. 
Even now, it cracks me up watching it. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, yes. This was a, a police officer who was an English spy. Hello, hello was, was set during the Second World War in German-occupied France. Yes. And uh, it was a small cafe owner, and the, he was working with the Resistance. It was a half-hour BBC comedy, and this character was a French police officer, but he was actually an English spy. So the way that they did this and showed that he was an English spy was his French wasn't particularly brilliant, but obviously the whole thing had to be in English. So they altered the way he talked. So instead of saying good morning, he'd said things like good morning. Anybody who's ever studied French in a British school will appreciate this. It was just a fantastic performance throughout. Yeah, I mean, the whole show was was, uh, really good. And we lost Gordon Kay quite recently, actually. But uh, he he was the the leader of that. But the the show was hilarious. It's funny because when I was little, we used to have German exchange students come over and stay with us who were, were a bit older than us. And they absolutely loved that show. They found it absolutely hilarious because something like that would never, ever be allowed on German TV because they're not, I don't know what the rules are now, but at the time they weren't allowed to show Nazis on German TV. Um, It probably wouldn't be allowed on British TV now. Probably not. No, no, probably true. But uh, yeah, it just brilliant, brilliant performances all around. But yes, that that police officer was particularly good. I was pissing by the door when I heard two shots. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, continuing. <laughs> yeah, what's the number? Where are we? Four. That is Jeremy Clarkson. Interesting. Okay. Yes. And the reason for that is nowadays television shows have to have young, good-looking people in the lead. <laughs> uh, most shows have unrealistically young, good-looking male or female who are already billionaire hedge fund IT geniuses in charge of special forces in the military <laughs> with 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 superhero powers and an urge to be or hunt vampires by the time they're 20. Yes. And Jeremy Clarkson shows that, you know, it's okay to be in your 50s. And still popular. Yeah. For that reason, I think he's brilliant. I mean, love him or hate him, whether he's on the internet or regular TV on your channel, Dave, or or not. (laughs) Three. Taking a sidestep from the content of television itself to the actual hardware, and that is LCD and LED screens. Yes. And yeah. the, re- the, re- the reason I include that is because, you know, you and I both remember CRT. I remember and- the size of the TV that I had that I got rid of from the L- LCD TV, and I think it took three of us to move it. Well, exactly. I mean, 36 inches was probably about as much as you could manage to move with humans certainly on your own any yeah. chance of moving it on your own there's a line in the great indoors from last week where the lead character has unpacked all his stuff and he's got a lot of old stuff in storage and one of the millennials looks at the tv and go oh wow yeah. that tv's got an air conditioning unit attached to the <laughs> yeah that's it exactly that's it exactly two Second to last is the internet. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> in TV terms, yes, it's a pain that we have to choose whether we have Netflix or Amazon or Now TV or Virgin or Sky or, or, or whatever. But really, the internet has changed the way TV is made and consumed. Yeah. Connected to this is the fact that TV has become more cinematic, so much so that film stars, traditional film stars, Hollywood legends, if you like, have become more connected to the format of 
television. And to give that perspective, you've got Anthony Hopkins, who is probably the most regarded film star of yes. now. Certainly is one star- of them, yeah. Is starring in Westworld, which is not only a television program, but it's it's a remake. Yeah. So having actual film stars in television is a relatively recent big thing. I mean... You could sort of credit 24 with that, I think, partly. Yes. Because, yeah. you know, Kiefer yeah. Sutherland was was a one of the first sort of relatively well-known film stars that actually went back and did a big TV show. Yeah. Exactly, full circle. It doesn't always work. You had Bruce Willis in Friends, for example, which wasn't Yeah, great. well, yes, but I, I think it works when they pick big drama leads. It doesn't necessarily work if they pop up in sitcoms. So. No. And the last of this list is... Um, One. William Shatner. <laughs> I, I was waiting for William Shatner to pop up. <laughs> but Explain the your I- love. Explain the your reason, love of William Shatner. The, <laughs> the reason I include him is Boston Legal. Right, yes. William Shatner and James Spader on Boston Legal. Now, Boston Legal is a very, very good legal drama. Yes. But the storylines sometimes were a bit dull. <laughs> the reason why this show particularly is top of my list is the interplay between those two leads. Yeah. The moments where they broke the fourth wall, which in theatre means talking directly to the audience, yes. were incredibly enjoyable, incredibly satisfying. And there's not many shows that would dare to do that. No, no. I, I like that, yes. I, I think it's interesting that you've gone for Shatner not for a Star Trek role as well, which is, <laughs> I, I like the fact that you've gone for him in Boston Legal. I think that's good. Yes. That's good. Yeah. So that's your top 10 things. Absolutely. Now yours. Right. So my top 10 list starts off, we're going with the TV show in its entirety. 10. Red Dwarf. Oh, yes. Um, I agree. There are various reasons for this. I watched Red Dwarf since the very, very first episode, and... I have seen particularly those early seasons I've watched multiple, multiple times because all apart from the the first half of the very first episode, I mean, you're going back in, in the sort of days where you didn't really get seasons of shows on VHS tape because no. it was we were talking sort of VHS tape when we started recording it. Yeah. So the only way to really get hold of them was to make sure that you recorded them each week. So I was halfway through watching. I knew there was this new sci-fi comedy coming on. So I, I thought, oh, I'll make sure I watch that. And I must have been, I don't know, 12 or something at the time. You're showing your age. <laughs> yes, I am. So I was watching the first episode and it got about halfway through and I thought, this is really good and started recording. So for years, I had that first season on VHS tape recorded off the telly, <laughs> but only had the second half of that first episode. But it was one of those things that, again, I, the, a lot of the things on my list are things that sort of drew me into geekdom, I guess. Yeah. So that was one of the things I think set me on this path towards loving sci-fi and and loving British comedy and, and that sort of stuff. Nine. Number nine is a particular actor, Mr. George Takei. And the reason I I picked George is because he's partly responsible for the reason that you are now listening to us right now. Because the reason I started podcasting in the first place was because I got offered an interview with George Takei. And I, I went back and said, well, this would be quite interesting if we could put the audio out. Is that okay? And they said yes. So he was the very, very first person I ever interviewed. And that's a quite scary experience. Experience, but he was absolutely wonderful. I actually 
froze up a bit halfway through the interview and he kind of <laughs> kept the conversation going. So it was quite a daunting prospect speaking to somebody that's got such a rich history and was in the TV show, which I adored. And I'm getting to sit down and have a 20 minute conversation with him. It was an incredible experience. And you know, for that, I'm eternally grateful of just how wonderful he was. So that was the thing that you know, when I put that out, I started getting more people come up and come in and say, we saw you do that. Do you want to interview this person or that person? So he was the thing that kind of kickstarted this whole thing rolling. So for that, I'm kind of eternally grateful. And I love the internet celebrity that he's become these days as well. If you follow him on Facebook or if you follow him on Twitter or on Instagram, you'll know what I mean. He's really active on those sort of things. So really, really good. Just very, very grateful to him for all that. Eight. Number eight for me is Batman 66. Oh, the original Batman TV series. Again, the reason I put this in is because I grew up in a little village in Staffordshire. You didn't really have access to American comic books. So you're talking in the 80s where there were comic book shops and things in America and there was sort of Batman was around. We didn't get that sort of stuff over here. Where I saw it was, you know, Batman 66 used to run on Saturday mornings on ITV as part of their sort of kids stuff. So that was kind of my first introduction to Batman. Um, And my first real kind of introduction to those sorts of comic book characters. And yes, it's campy and it's not what we know batman to be today but it was the thing that put it on my radar plus it's it's such a fun performance it's not what we think of as batman these days but they are really really well made for for the time they're fun and silly and you know well worth you can sit and watch them they're great for the kids totally worth going back and watch if if you've got small children go and get a box set of it because they're fantastic for children yeah everything evolves yeah exactly but that for me i I, you know that was where i first encountered batman seven number seven is a particular scene on a particular tv show and it's blackadder goes forth the finale Uh. which is probably one of the best finales to ever grace tv screens it yeah. just very well performed. And it was one of those things that they, through a weird set of circumstances, they ended up with the ending that they did because that wasn't what they originally planned. When they actually shot it, they hated the footage. <laughs> and it wasn't until they started to edit it afterwards because it ends with them, uh, you know, set in the First World War, it ends with them going over the top and running towards the enemy. And what they had to do because the footage was so short and they didn't have an, enough of them running was slow it down and it goes into black and white and then somebody came up with the bright idea of fading that into a field of poppies yeah it's is... incredibly emotional and evocative yeah. image yeah and for something which was you know one of the best comedies ever made that ending to it was sort of wonderfully bittersweet and done so yeah. so beautifully so i i think that in terms of uh, incredible kind of British comedy, I think that particular finale I thought was so well done. Six. Netflix. Uh-huh. Just uh, you, you look at the amount of content that's come off that network. The streaming service that's got House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Stranger Things. Plus it goes out of its way to pick up shows which kind of get orphaned by other networks in the UK like Breaking Bad uh, or Designated Survivor, which gives us the opportunity to see that like the very next day that it goes out in America. Yeah. 
they they're so good at what they do it, yeah. you know and from something which was a u.s service that sent out dvds to people i, I think just the way it's evolved i think he's absolutely fantastic so netflix at my number six five game of thrones Tyrion lannister yeah <laughs> i just adore Peter Dinklage as Tyrion. I, I think it's such a brilliantly written role. I love the fact that it's using a um, little person in a role which isn't. He's some magical creature. He's a character that has dwarfism. He's not actually anything but a normal person in that show. You know, he's not some magical creature, which is so different for that sort of role. But I love the way the character is written as well. I love the fact that he's witty and acerbic and just some of the quotes and comments. And I was trying to find some that I could play in on the show and then realised yeah. that most of them are absolutely foul. So so we can't kind of do it. But no. um, yeah. But, I, but, but never has an American actor nailed the British accent as much as since, yes. ever since Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Just a standout performance in that show i really yeah. really love terry and i think he's just brilliant and uh, yeah. the the fact that he just about manages to scrape out himself out of pretty much every situation i i just yeah. i think he's wonderful so yeah. i can't wait to see more of him when that comes back four Lucille Ball. There's going to be a lot of younger people that probably don't know who Lucille Ball is. Lucille Ball was a very famous comedic actress. She had a show in the 1950s called I Love Lucy, which obviously starred her. It's not that that I think she's brilliant for. It's everything else that's around her. Mm. She married a guy called Desi Arnaz, who was a Cuban-born actor in the 1950s. So they're an interracial couple in the middle of Hollywood in the 1950s. Not only that, but they set a production company together called Desi Lou. Desi Lou Productions are not only responsible for I Love Lucy, they are responsible for Mission Impossible and bringing Star Trek to screen. Wow, wow. <laughs> Just an incredible list of things that they managed to achieve. She ended up being the first woman to run a major television studio. And this, again, is in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. They were the first studio to set up childcare on site as well. Wow. Um, this was due to the fact that one of her aides came to her crying because she said, I'm pregnant. I'm gonna. I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to have my notice and I've got to go. And she basically went, nonsense. We'll set mm-hmm. up childcare on site. And that's childcare on site at what is now Paramount Studios that still exists today. Her and Desi eventually divorced. And my favourite, favourite story about her is the fact that she was so sick of Desi's philandering with a lot of the younger starlets and they used to come mm. in and out of her office all the time. She handed him her, the divorce papers and then got them to cement up the door to the front of his office. So the only way <laughs> he could get in and get his stuff was to climb through the window before she kicked him off the lot. <laughs> Fantastic. Not a woman to be messed with. She was incredibly fierce. Honestly, go and look up stuff about Lucille Ball because she was an amazing, amazing person just for the studio head stuff alone uh, you know was was incredible but just everything else around her life and the programs that she brought us including things like star trek just incredible yeah three again a scene out of a show the red wedding from season three episode nine of game of thrones reigns of castamere i i think the reason i picked this was because it was such a shock to me because i didn't read the books and in recent events there have been shocking scenes such as things like you know the walking dead premiere this year but the thing with the red wedding was there was no tension in it because it came out of nowhere it was shocking not because of brutality but because 
if you hadn't read the books, you just didn't see that coming. You didn't yeah. know. You didn't know yeah. that was what was going to happen. And you're suddenly like, oh my God, what that, yeah, what just happened? I just think it just shows to show with something like Game of Thrones, how unsafe all the characters are from Ned Stark getting his head lopped off in the first season through to, to this, to stuff we've seen since. I, I think there's so many amazing moments, but I don't think anything's quite come to beat the Red Wedding. The only other thing that comes even vaguely close was uh, the death of Joffrey, which I cheered, yeah. which I cheered at. <laughs> <laughs> Two, Breaking Bad. Oh, Basically, yeah. from the very first trailer to the finale, that show was absolutely phenomenal. Right from that very first trailer, where you, you kind of saw Brian Cranston, where you looked at it and only at this point knew him from Malcolm in the Middle, and you're looking at it going, I'm not sure what this is. But but that that's kind of it, it was yeah. it's such an intriguing yeah. kind of looking image of yeah. why is that guy stood in the middle of the desert in just his underwear it was kind of a, such an odd looking image. Never yeah. really dreamed. You weren't sure whether it was a comedy or a drama or what it was. So I never really dreamed that it would go to the place that it, places that it went to. And it's this deterioration of somebody who starts as a relatively likable kind of beaten up character sort of guy yeah. beaten up by life and but seeing it, life as unfair not liking yeah that becomes not really so much of an anti-hero as just a villain towards mm -hmm. the end mm -hmm. but you still watch the show and he's so appealing to kind of sit and and watch there's just this deterioration of this character and again it's a show that has the, one of the most incredible endings to it and yeah. it ends with him going out on his own terms and the, the final shot is, is just so beautifully put together and I mean there's so many moments in that show you could go through but yeah, yeah I, I think just phenomenal one so my number one pick is one man and there is only one man it could be is it Greg Berlanti <laughs> no it's not <laughs> it's another god of of tv and film these days joss whedon oh firefly angel buffy dollhouse agents of shield all yeah. shows that he had, had a hand in firefly obviously he's he's being the one that got away i i think you know overall it's the show that i probably love of his the most out of buffy and angel i actually think angel overall was probably a better show but looking back when i started to do this list it's there are moments in Buffy that stick out to me more than anything else. Yeah. Just episodes like the death of Buffy's mother was handled in such a brilliantly wonderful way. And then you've got an episode where the entire thing is basically silent mm -hmm. other than the first sort of 10 minutes of it. Yeah. You had Once More With Feeling, which was the musical episode, which not only was a musical episode, but it was an episode that quite dramatically moved the plot forward at the same time. And then you had something like the arrival of Dawn, the little sister, who mm -hmm. right at the very end of a season just pops up out of nowhere. And we're talking in the days before there were that many spoilers online. Yeah. So it really did come out of nowhere and smack you in the face with like, what? <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> and it was right the very last episode of a season, I think, as well, if I remember correctly. So you had another kind of nine months or so to wait until find out what happened. Yeah. So just the things that he managed to do with that show, although uh, overall I think, I, you know, I liked the dark tone of Angel. I think Buffy in particular just had some incredible, credible moments in it. And obviously Firefly from start to finish, I think is just a work of genius. So yeah. I hope now Joss is done with the Marvel things. He may come back to TV at some point as his own show. Cause 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of, although he kicked it off and he's still involved, it's not entirely his show. I want to see something original from Joss Whedon again on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely. And eventually it will come, I'm sure. Yes, yeah, I'm sure it will. So that's the end of my my top 10 list. That's the highlight of Geek Town 100. Next up, we will just finish off with a few different air dates because there's quite a lot of of, uh, changes and things coming up. No cancellations and renewals this week, but we've got a whole bunch of changes. Making a Murderer is announced this week. He's going to be back this year for a second season, then we don't know when. It's going to be continuing the story of Steve Avery and uh, Brendan Dassey. So I really enjoyed the first season of that. It'll be interesting to see where they go with the second season. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy season 13B, that's back on the 15th of February at 9pm on Sky Living. Madam Secretary Season 3, that starts on the 15th of February at 10pm. So they paired those two up together. That's on Sky Living as well. Crashing, which is a new Judd Apatow show. It's a comedy following a sweet but perpetually unlucky comedian as he crashes on the couches of some of New York's top comics after his marriage falls apart. So that's called Crashing. It's a comedy about being homeless, basically. In in Britain, this would be a gritty drama. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So that's going to Sky Atlantic. That's on the 21st of February at 10 past 10. That's landing at the moment. Also set in New York, there's a HBO comedy called High Maintenance which is about a weed delivery guy in New York. That's first season of that. I think that started as a web series, actually, and then HBO picked it up. So I think there's only six or ten episodes. I can't remember the first season. That's coming on Sky Atlantic on the 23rd of February at 10pm, that is. And that's high maintenance. Better Call mm-hmm. Soul. This isn't officially confirmed by Netflix, but in theory, because it's coming back on the 10th in the US, it should be on for season three on the 11th. So Netflix, Better Call Saul, 11th of April. Yeah. Doctor Who, season 10. We got the news recently that it will be the last season for Peter Capaldi and it's the last season for, for Stephen Moffat as well. Season 10 of that is coming on the 15th of April. We don't know a time yet, but that's what they've announced. So 15th of April on BBC One for Doctor Who season 10. And then there will be a Christmas special which will be their final episode top gear which we mentioned a bit earlier top gear season 20 season 24 of top gear is coming in the spring season season two season 24 is officially what they're (laughs) calling it on the bbc so we're going with the bbc now but yes it's season two of the new version but yes season 24 in total that's coming to bbc two in the spring at some point there is a great trailer that went up which we posted online as well of matt leblanc chris harris and Roy reed Which is very, very encouraging, given given the problems of the first or 23rd or whatever series you want to call it. Chris and Rory were the standout performance of that. And as long as they get more airtime, it's very promising. I'm very encouraged by this. Matt LeBlanc, I really like from that show. I think he was, he knew what he was doing, which was, was the surprise actually out of the whole thing. But yeah, yeah. Matt LeBlanc was great. Chris Harris and Rory Reid were brilliant. I think the three of them together as the lead three on that show could be very, very interesting. I think Chris and Rory with their knowledge and a bit more humour. Yeah could be fantastic i i really look forward to that so yeah. um i believe there could be good things coming with that and they could have actually found the right team we'll see yeah but uh yeah some point in the spring for top gear also yeah. announced yesterday stranger things will be arriving on halloween so the 31st of october stranger things season two will be mm-hmm. back on netflix so i'm looking forward to that next week on tv we have roots which is wow. 
The remake of the 1977 miniseries, the new version of that, is another miniseries. That's coming to BBC Four on the 8th of February at 9pm, that arrives. Mm -hmm. So uh, might be one to to look out for. MacGyver, MacGyver, which we were talking about earlier, that uh, stars Lucas Till taking over the Richard Dean Anderson role. That comes onto Sky One on the 8th of February at 8pm. That's arriving. Blacklist Season 4B, that arrives on the 8th of February at 9pm, so straight after MacGyver. That's on Sky One. That is now, it's moved from Sky Living, it's now on Sky One. So that's the Blacklist Season 4B, 8th of February at 9pm. Emerald City Season 1 of that starts on Five Star on the 8th of February at 9pm as well. So you'll have to pick one to record. But yeah, that's really, really Mm. good, that series. I really enjoyed the first episode of it. So Wizard of Oz basically filtered through Game of Thrones. Uh, um, (laughs) Talk about crossovers. Yes, uh, kind of filtered through Games of Game of Thrones and the 100 it would be the way I'd uh, I'd describe that but yeah it's a really interesting looking series I want to see more episodes of it I've only seen the first episode so far but that looks good Mm -hmm. so that's on the 8th of February at 9pm that's Emerald City Legion season one of that comes to Fox on the 9th of February at 9pm well worth watching it's it's technically it's an X-Men based superhero show but it's not like anything you've ever seen before it's much more about the psychology of the character it's kind of weird and trippy really worth watching very very interesting series so legion season one that starts on fox on the 9th of february at 9 p.m scorpion season 3b that is coming to itv2 on the 11th of february at 8 p.m wow it's a american show that itv haven't put on at midnight uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah scorpion uh, 3b that's itv2 11th of february at 8 p.m rain season four comes to netflix on the 12th of february so uh yeah that's its final season i think for that as well Chicago Med is uh, season 2B. So that's the second half of season two for Chicago Med. That's back on the 12th of February at 9pm. Girls, the sixth and final season of Girls is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 13th of February at 10pm. Last week tonight with John Oliver is back to its fourth season on Sky Atlantic on the 13th of February at 10.35. I'm hugely looking forward to that coming back Uh because I really, really want to see him lay into Donald Trump. That's going to be very, very funny. (laughs) Um, Walking Dead returns for season 7B on Fox. That's on the 13th of February at 9pm. Speaking air earlier of tv programs jumping the shark <laughs> i'm still enjoying <laughs> that show so yes uh 7b off uh on fox that's for walking dead on the 13th of february and grim the final season of that comes to w the channel formerly known as watch we still get asked what's w on <laughs> on the responses yeah. uh, <laughs> w is the channel that was watching they rebranded it w because it for some stupid reason unknown to me uh that is season six of grim that comes on the 14th of february happy valentine's day on <laughs> the at 9 p.m on w essentially been, valentine's is grim yes valentine's is grim <laughs> There's a lot yes. on at the moment, especially for people like me who are trying to cram in binge watching within specific subscriptions. <laughs> yeah. um, but in future 
episodes of um, Geek Time Radio, the next month and beyond, Lethal Weapon is coming to ITV in March. Yes. Um, yet another remake, but hopefully it's more Battlestar Galactica than Rush Hour. Yes, it's. It, I wouldn't put it up with Battlestar Galactica, but it's definitely not Rush Hour either. I, I quite enjoyed, I've seen the first two episodes of that, and I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was good fun. Uh, it's well acted, well put together. You know. Good. I mean, it's still network kind of drama, but I think it's good network drama. It's fun. Yeah. And then we've got Colony back for season two, which was quite good in, yes, in yeah. the first season. The essential viewing Fargo. That will be coming up uh, soon. Which is American TV and on this side of the pond, Line of Duty. Yes. Yeah. Gotham has been bumped considerably yeah um, we don't know but, when yet but yes that will be coming up at some point this year <laughs> but as people are asking what has happened to person of interest yes still don't know on person of interest yet it's usually back in february or march but they've been quite quiet so i'm hoping still that it will pop up at some point but they haven't released a date for it yet okay. so, and, um, and then on twitter someone has been asking about the three chicago shows the crossovers and (laughs) no they won't sync up ever so (laughs) Uh, so there you go and and that leaves us with the ending where um, Dave summarises the very many places you can get hold of us yes yeah and almost never makes a mistake on you go Dave No pressure, thanks. Uh, (laughs) So you can visit the website at Geektown throughout the week to see all the latest news and air date information at geektown.co.uk. You can get in touch with your questions and comments by emailing us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. You can leave a message on the website post or you can find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown or on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. Thank you for listening to our 100th episode hope you really enjoyed it we shall see you next week fantastic here's to the next 100 (laughs) awesome bye bye everyone Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.